0: This is the Rocky Mountain Review Podcast. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Julia Badalise. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, the live news show that airs 4 to 5 Tuesday and Thursday on KCSU that has turned into a podcast. And this is what you missed this week. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm Julia Badalise.
0: And I'm Gabe Peterson.
1: And you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review.
0: Hello and welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. I am Gabe Peterson, one of two co hosts here at the show. I'm joined in studio with Julia Batalise, my co host.
1: Yep, makes me the other one.
0: Yes. And then we are joined by <laughs> with JD Layton, our national news correspondent. I'm here. And Bjorn Larson, our sports reporter. How's it going? And Raven Colour. Yeah, hello. Who we will find a term for. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh God, I forgot I to do that again. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll figure that out.
1: It's but, like a Friday task
0: yeah so thanks for tuning in today we have a great show ahead of us uh we're start off the show uh with local we're going to just kind of talk about some new rules that might be implemented implemented in fort collins uh some colorado civil rights commission and some stuff with that then we move on to sports with bjorn move on to national there have been some shootings in the past couple days we will talk talk about and we will bring up russia then we'll jump into our just music, in general, just in general, <laughs> and then we'll bro- we'll go into our music and science segment, and we will do a roundtable about the Lafayette teacher and the Pledge of Allegiance with Tatiana Perfinik Talisnik of the Collegian.
1: And don't forget the weed segment. Oh, the weed segment, Dylan Simon is coming
0: Pot talk. Don't
1: get too excited over there. <laughs> <laughs> so we are
0: going to jump right into local, and Julie, I'm going to send it over to you.
1: Oh yeah, that's me. Um, After a gas explosion last year, leaving two people dead and one person critically injured, Governor John Hickenlooper called for a review of all oil and gas operations in Colorado, including inspections of any lines within a thousand feet of an occupied building. The Denver Post reports new rules have been passed within the Colorado government after a three month review. The new rules highlight oil and gas infrastructure. The changes call for oversight of flow lines, smaller transit arteries that take fluids from wells to tanks, or larger pipelines. The rules also call for testing of flow lines that aren't in use. Governor John Hickenlooper said in a statement following the vote by the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission, quote, we believe these new rules are another important step in the aftermath of the Firestone tragedy. The rules require energy companies to work more closely with the eight um, 811 uh, call before you dig, a system that's used to locate known underground lines including oil and gas, cable, telephone and fiber. With the regulations in place, state officials will have a lot more oversight of pipelines," quote, from start to top, from cradle to grave, the um, that exist in any other state. COGCC uh, director Matt Laporte told the Denver Business Journal following the vote Companies must now give the COGCC location information about pipelines, um, including general location drawings for existing lines and highly detailed geo database information for new lines put into place. By strengthening these rules, Colorado now has some of the f- strongest flow line regulations within the country and act as a model for states to follow. And that was actually written by Bjorn Larson. Thank you, Bjorn. <laughs> Wait, why didn't Bjorn just read it? I know. I, we probably, you weren't on a mic, but, yeah, I probably could have just given that to Bjorn. It's all right. You're not usually here for, yeah. for local news. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to send it over to Gabe.
0: Thank you, Julia. Fort Collins City Council is eyeing legislation to restrict fire regulations in residential backyards due to citizens' health. On Tuesday, council members highlighted the hardships felt by people with respiratory problems. or those who are simply too close for comfort when dealing with smoking fire pits, Nick Coltrane of the Colorado in reports. Councilmember Kristen Stevens acknowledged that, quote, it sounds like we're taking away people's backyard fun or their marshmallows, but added, if we do decide to make a case to ban this or look at one of the other options, it's more palatable to people if they understand it helps other people's breathing, reports Coltrane. City Council is taking an initiative in this decision due to 56 complaints from Larimer County residents since the start of 2013, according to the city's Community Develop and Neighborhood Services. That's also an interesting story.
1: Yeah, I know. You were you were like, that's going to affect me. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I mean, I have a fire pit in my backyard.
2: Yeah.
0: As do I. As does J.D. Mm-hmm. as, yes. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a cool story. But anyways, moving on <laughs> to Raven.
2: Great.
3: All right. State Democrats held a rally at the foot of the Colorado State Capitol on Tuesday in protest of Republican lawmakers withholding funding from the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, reports Jesse Paul of the Denver Post. The funding was withheld after a partisan 3-3 vote in the Joint Budget Committee, which is typically operated as a nonpartisan committee. Republicans on the committee said that they wished to do more investigation into the Colorado Civil Rights Commission before restoring funding, citing the commission's involvement in a case currently in the U.S. Supreme Court involving a baker withholding services from a gay couple. Colorado Democrats, including Governor John Hickenlooper and Denver Mayor Michael Hancock, are criticizing Republicans over the decision and accusing them of attempting to dismantle the commission, which provides protection to marginalized groups like the LGBT community. Denver Democrats and House Speaker uh duran said that the commission must be protected to ensure quote 21st century solutions instead of taking colorado back to 19th century, century discrimination hancock praised the fight against uh quote those who would work to defund this important commission and said that the mission is to continue a culture of openness and welcoming in the state of colorado but state Republicans spoke out against this, saying they do not intend to defund the commission and have criticized the Democrats for misrepresenting the situation for political gain. Senate President Kevin Grantham, a Canyon City Republican, said that his party wants to review the function of the commission and make changes if needed. He said, quote, we will have a civil rights commission and we will also have a say in what it looks like. The outline changes are focused on the appointment process of commission members, with Republicans wanting both parties to make appointments and allowing for business voices on the panel. The House is currently reviewing legislation to reauthorize the commission before it goes on the onto the GOP controlled Senate. And we're going to go over to Julia.
1: Yeah, Uh, this is going to be our last local story. I also want to mention this will be our roundtable discussion for later in the show. Um. The Pledge of Allegiance can mean different things to different people. Some take this symbol of America and patriotism very seriously. A teacher by the name of Karen Smith from Lafayette, Colorado, was arrested and is facing criminal charges after physically grabbing a student by their jacket and making them stand for the pledge, only to then drag the student from the classroom, reports reports KUSA in Denver. Smith is the physical education teacher that was originally... Placed on leave after this incident, but has been charged with child abuse and assault charges, both misdemeanors. KUSA also reports that Smith had been working in the Boulder Valley School District for about 20 years, and after this incident, there had been a letter sent home to the parents of the student. A spokesperson from the district, Randy Barber, explained that district policies don't require students to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, And yeah, that's that's the end of uh, local news. We will be talking about um, the Pledge of Allegiance a little later in the show with uh, Tatiana Uh, (laughs) Parafinik-Taliznik. She is a great name, Uh, (laughs) but we'll be talking about that later. So stay tuned. Um, That should be happening probably around Four thirty. Um 4.30. Anyway, I'm going to send it over to Bjorn. He's going to give us our sports news.
4: Yeah, not a ton of sports to report on, but a few CS, CSU students have been performing well. So I'll start off with women's golf. Thanks to the play by sophomore Ellen Sikor, the CSU women's golf team finished third this week at the Gold Rush Tournament hosted by Long Beach State. While most of the field struggled to approach par on the first day due to high winds, Sikor's strong drives and preparation kept her under par. Sakora ended up finishing the tournament 1 under 215. However, it was not enough to give her the win. The woman will be in action again February 25th as they compete in the Rebel Beach tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. For the fourth time in his career, Mustafa Hassan has been named the Mountain West Indoor Track and Field Men's Field Athlete of the Week. The accolade comes after Hassan registered a season best mark of 19.5 meters in the shot put event. Hassan's mark ranks first in the Mountain West and 8th in the NCAA. This is Hassan's 10th career weekly conference honor. He has earned the accolade six other times during the outdoor season. Hassan is the reigning NCAA champion in the shot put and has remained undefeated in this season. In his season debut, Hassan won the event by nearly six and a half feet. The Rams will continue their indoor season tomorrow at the Rocky Mountain Classic in Laramie, Wyoming, before heading to the the Mountain West Championship in Albuquerque, New Mexico from February 22nd through the 24th. The Colorado State men's basketball team will travel to Fresno, California this weekend to take on the Fresno State Bulldogs. The Bulldogs will be a tough test for the Rams as they boast a 17-8 record, compared to the Rams, who are 11-16. However, the Rams are carrying some momentum into this game after getting a compelling win against San Jose State. CSU is still in some uncertainty as to what their coaching situation will be leading up to the final push of the season, but players are putting that out of their mind and focusing more on the day-to-day issues. And that wraps up your sports for today. Nice. Thank you, Bjorn. Yeah.
0: Um, Uh, Yeah, that was the end of local and the end of sports. We're going to go into a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to hop into national and global news, as well as our music segment. So stay tuned. And yeah.
1: You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
5: kcsufm nobody exists on purpose nobody belongs anywhere everybody's gonna die so make sure to tune in every tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m for Swifty beats with your host dj wubba lubba dub dub where we only play the swiftiest tunes across the multiverse spectrum as they say in canada peace out
0: And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts here at the Rocky Mountain Review. That would make Julia Battilise my co-host.
1: The second one, yep, the that's second me. Yep.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> in studio we have JD Layton, our national news correspondent. Yes. And Raven Culler, a reporter.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who has? I feel like one of us should have just been reports. like, no, <laughs> no.
2: I'm actually not in the studio. Uh, I'm just broadcasting live from a separate location. (laughs) Okay, okay, phone interview. Yeah, we have all that technology. (laughs) We're going to jump into national and global news, and I'm actually going to send that over to you, JD. Right. According to BBC News, three men in a black SUV crashed in the NSA headquarters gate after being fired on by NSA security. However, the FBI said there was no link to terrorism. Uh, there were no injuries related to gunshots, but the driver and a NSA officer have been taken to an Army hospital for injuries. The other two men in the vehicle have been taken into custody by the NSA, and investigation into the incident are underway. It's pretty. So it's it's a... brief.
1: Yeah, it was a quick Very story. Um, and then yeah.
2: And then... I'm gonna send it to uh, Raven actually about yeah. the Russian
3: uh-huh. meddling. Yeah. Russia. Alright, Moscow has tangible evidence of the destructive interference of some Western countries in the domestic affairs of Russia as their presidential election approaches next month, uh, Reuters reports. A Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman gave this information at a briefing yesterday. There is not... Uh, this is not the only major story of bad relations between Western countries and Russia this week. Uh, Reuters also reports that Britain said yesterday that a cyber attack last year was caused by Russia, quote, spreading a virus which disrupted companies across Europe, including UK-based Rickett uh, The In American News, Sarah Marie and uh, Jeremy Herb of CNN report that on Tuesday, intelligence chief... The intelligence chiefs told President Trump unanimously that, in fact, Russia had interfered in the 2016 election after research was done. Murray and Herb also reported that three sources close to Donald Trump still think he remains unconvinced of this. Some notable names that testified on the Russia Matter Tuesday included CIA Director Mike Pompeo, FBI Director Chris Way, and uh, Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates. They all support the January 2017 Intelligence Committee's assessment that Russia interfered. CNN reports that Coates said on Tuesday there should be no doubt that Russia received its past efforts uh, or perceived its past efforts as successful and views the 2018-U.S midterm election as a potential target for Russian influence operations. So that's fun.
2: Thank you. Raven. What does Rickett Binkinson? Mean? I know Rickett Binkinson. Do, do they sell rickets? Do I, they sell Binkinsons?
3: I have no idea. You do they what? sell rickets? Companies what with weird names are always I don't names know. companies.
2: I like do Asking the real question. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm assuming it's some paddleball game. <laughs> I, I, that's that's probably not right. If you know what <laughs> no. Rickett Binkinson does, you should really let us know.
1: Mm-hmm. That caller text in yeah. 970-491-5278. Um, and then we're on our last national story, JD.
2: Right. 17, 17 people have died in a Parkland, Florida, high school shooting. This Wednesday reports CBS's Crime cider staff. The suspect was a former student, Nicholas Cruz, who was apprehended after an hour on the loose. The suspect appears to have come into the school, pulled the fire alarm to cause chaos, and then began opening fire on fleeing students. The suspect, Nicholas Cruz, had been expelled from the high school for disciplinary reason, and one student said this about him. The kid was crazy. I had engineering with him a couple of years ago. He wasn't allowed to come to school with a backpack, and he would threaten students and break class and get into fights. He even got kicked out of school. Uh, a student, Noah Partners, described the evacuation as, Everyone was kind of just standing there calm, and then we saw a bunch of people and teachers running down the stairway, and then everybody shifted and broke into a sprint. I hopped a fence. Other students described a fearful exit as they clung to each other, rushing towards heavily armed police officers. According to the New York Times, President Trump has called the gunman mentally disturbed and said that he plans to work with local and state officials to tackle the difficult issue of mental health. The Parkland shooting is one of the deadly school shootings and is one of three of the deadliest school shootings in the U.S. history that have occurred within the last five months
1: yeah
0: okay thank you jd uh, well
2: it's, yeah it's heavy stuff and yeah, it's sad no, it to is. see this keep happening yeah.
1: for
3: I, sure I, mm-hmm.
0: anyways we are going to jump into our music segment now done by our very own seth rutherford yes um enjoy
6: son lux is the musical project of singer-songwriter ryan lott a classically trained musician and composer from los angeles their fifth studio album, Brighter Wounds, was written in the midst of a challenging year for Lot, and the music reflects that. The songs stray away from the band's usual universal themes and focus on more personal matters. This is a clip from the album's lead single, Dream State.
4: Days we were young, we took photographs
5: of everything we could see. We
6: was originally a solo project, but Lot recruited guitarist Rafik Bhatia and drummer Ian Chang to help flesh out his music for his 2013 album Lanterns. The two have stayed on board as full members of Sonlux ever since and their presence is more than welcome on this new record. On the track slowly, Chang keeps a stuttering rhythm flowing smoothly over Lot's soulful vocals. <laughs> Lot addresses themes of light versus dark, day versus night, and creates a sense of uncertainty until the album closes with Resurrection, where Lot reaches out to family and faith for guidance. While the band continues to show their musical versatility, they reach new heights on Brighter Wounds by making it their most personal album yet. Brighter Wounds is out now on City Slang Records, and the band is currently on tour in Europe supporting the album. They will be coming to Denver performing at the Bluebird Theater with Kimbra on May 22nd. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Seth Rutherford.
0: Back on the Rocky Mountain review. Uh, Great job, Seth. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, he did an awesome job. I kind of pressured him into it, so I was excited that he did it. Yeah, thank you. I that was, was like, hey, man, you want to do this? Yeah,
0: that was awesome. That <laughs> was uh, Seth Rutherford. Rutherford, Rutherford Rutherford's <laughs> music segment piece. This is all in there. His, yes. his
1: last name is actually Rutherford. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're
0: going to take a quick break here at the Rocky Mountain Review. When we come back, we're going to jump into our roundtable discussion with Tatiana Paraffinic Talisnik about the Pledge of Allegiance and that teacher yeah and, and we have
1: a school of glo- do you did you already mention that or did i am yeah I just- yeah and then coming up we <laughs> have our
0: school of global environmental sustainability podcast it will be played in about 10 minutes 15 minutes so stay tuned here at the rocky mountain review only at ni- on 90.5 kcsu for collins And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Gabe Peterson. I am one of two hosts here at the Rocky Mountain Review. That would mean I'm joined by Julia Badalise, my other...
1: That is Host. me, yes.
0: There's a lot going
2: on in here. I we know. are joined with JD Layton, our <laughs> I national I was shushing the background I'm here <laughs> to deliver things on news.
3: Thank
0: you. We have Raven Color.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's me.
0: And now in studio, we have the infamous Tatiana Paraphynic Talisnik <laughs> of the Collegian.
5: I don't think infamous is like positively <laughs> connotated. <That laughs> I don't <does>. think
0: <laughs> the famous Tatiana, I guess.
5: I prefer that. Okay, the famous. famous.
0: <laughs> Anyways, we are going to jump into our roundtable segment. Um, the discussion we're going to have today is about the teacher, the physical edu- education teacher, Julia, mm-hmm. Yeah. who pretty much, uh, they were doing the Pledge of Allegiance and pretty much just grabbed the, the student yeah. and lifted him up to uh, Dragged stand. him out of the room. So I guess the question to you, to the four, would be, uh, is she in the wrong or is she in the right?
5: <laughs> <laughs> the that little giggle. There's, there's a pretty... Clear irony of forcing someone to do something so they can appreciate freedom. Right?
2: That's, that's, yeah. 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 (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm with her on that. I think it's a bit ridiculous to like force somebody to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, I, I, I like the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know why. I think it's rad, (laughs) but like, I'd never make anybody stand for it.
0: No. I mean, were there ever in times in high school where you just kind of sat there and you're like, "Uh, maybe
2: not today? No, I'm an American. Not today. I always stand. (laughs) No.
5: <laughs> I in high school someone I admired a lot she's like a year older than me super brilliant one of those people with their their stuffed together you know ugh, mm, don't those, know those, those people <laughs> and I she was sitting through the pledge and I was like hey what's you know what's happening and she was like I don't like it and I was like oh like looking for like a reason you know Kaepernick yeah. style like this is the thing and she's like it's weird it's a weird thing we do and that was it. That was the explanation. I was like, oh, my Was she from goodness. America? Um, she has, like, yeah, she's, I mean, she was American-born. Mm. I think her mother was Im- an immigrant, so second second generation. But mm. um, the point was, was for her to point out, like, how creepy it is. I was like, yeah, that's true. And so I just, I think that there's something we, It's a bit of a brain teaser that you can't solve. It's like forcing people to do something because we live in a great nation where you don't force people. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously this was forced, but you're not forced to do the Pledge of Allegiance, you know? No. 1943, uh, I'm reading here on the Denver Post, uh, the article about Karen Smith, the uh, accused teacher. 1943, United States Supreme Court decision, West Virginia... Board of Education versus Barnett uh, prohibits education boards from compelling students to salute the flag while reciting the pledge. So you don't have to do anything.
5: Yeah,
1: I think it it did say from like that um, that school district that you didn't even like it it wasn't required to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I think a while ago I saw like people online being like from like other countries they'd be like, "You guys stand and like." Mm -hmm say like something for your flag. They were like kind of like perplexed by that. It's not it's I mean not it, like yeah.
2: necessarily for the flag. It's like pledging allegiance to the state, which is kind of a weird thing. It's like we get children to like pledge allegiance to the state. Like are we going to make them fight for us? Is that what's happening? <laughs> like it's it's a weird thing. And this is coming from somebody who like in, like enjoy the pledge of allegiance. Maybe I'm too patriotic for my own good, Probably but like, like I don't know. It, it is possible. a super strange concept. It's like very much like totally on like the edge of like propaganda like Mm. what's what's really what's going on here yeah
3: i think it's the weird juxtaposition between you know showing respect for your country is really big here but it's also respect for your country where you don't have to do or say anything Mm -hmm. to show respect for your country so it's like this weird paradigm and i think the underlying issue here is You know, the question is, do students have these same rights that adults do? You know, this Mm. was a child and you can't, you know, force an adult to do the Pledge of Allegiance ever. But the question of whether or not you can do that to a child is kind of the underlying issue
1: for sure.
2: I remember my high school made a very distinctive point of saying that we forfeited our rights upon entry of the building and we were subject to the rules of the school Mm -hmm. over our own rights, which I thought was pretty weird, especially like if you're an adult. You have the full protection of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, you can't just go to school and then that just stops. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it <Decree>. is.
5: Passing <laughs> the mic. Uh, so the Supreme Court already decided this, and the answer is no. You can't force high schoolers yes. to do the pledge. Yeah. Yeah, i no, So, yeah, you, you forfeit like to be in the public sphere. You forfeit some amount of your rights because your rights end when they start at the point where they start to infringe on the rights of others. And so as far as the pledge is concerned, the Supreme Court already decided this. So this woman's totally guilty. And, and it, I think it's odd that it's coming up again because we have conversations yeah. about the pledge with like Kaepernick and Kaepernick's taking on the NFL, mm. um, suing them this year, and then also t- ongoing conversations about what do we have to do to prove how American we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's weird. Um, I'd also like to mention, if you wanna get involved in this conversation about the Pledge of Allegiance or any sort of rights, that'll be uh, the number that you can call or text into is 970-491-5278. One more time, it's gonna be 970-491-KCSU. Um, I also was looking at earlier, what are your thoughts on the of God in the Pledge of Allegiance? Cause I know that that's also been a discussion.
2: That is a remnant of us discerning ourselves from the Soviet Union right there, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we, as a capitalist, de- democratic nation, are under God, where the communists are godless. Oh, my. Very, very much a propaganda point. I don't... Do we, Does anybody know when the Pledge of Allegiance was, like, implemented? It... I can look it up. Not I know also. it's
0: not that. I know it's not that long. It's been, it's been
2: within the past it's sixty, like seventy years. Fifties, I want to say, is when it started Maybe gaining traction. Years.
3: Well, and they did revise it. It was originally yeah. without the Under God yeah. section, and
1: then they revised it during the, the Cold, Cold War. War oh yeah.
2: Okay. Which well,
1: yeah. yeah. It, it was looks like it was oh. written eighteen ninety two.
0: Okay, so hundred years.
2: Yeah, so and then revised
0: probably hard, sixty yet. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, JD. Where did did you go to? Because uh, your father's in the military. Did you have to go to like private institutions, or did I you...
2: have been in a multitude of institutions, private and not private, and some government as well, okay. like uh, like Dodd school systems and things like that. And there's in in the most heavily government involved schools I've gone to, pledge of allegiance has always been optional. Okay. Hmm. And <laughs> I'm like literally living overseas on a base. We don't have to say it if we don't necessarily want to. Yeah. So the fact that like some uh, lady in Colorado is like, "No, nah, stand. You have to. You're you're an American." is ridiculous.
3: Well, and that's yeah. kind of a message that you hear repeated, especially about the Kaepernick stuff from vets, is that while you know not every veteran or active duty service member is supports him kneeling, you know, it's what they fight for. Is that the right the for people right. to be able to do that here mm-hmm. um, and to kind of turn back and say, no, you can't do that or you're disrespecting them is kind of like making what they did for the country
5: pointless.
1: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. With In that. a sense. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It's, it's an irony you can't solve. And then on top of that, like there's so many layers to this, too, because even for people pretty patri- uh, patriotic people, it's it's still a odd thing to have to do because, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the under god is kind of new and that's remnant of McCarthyism and McCarthyism was an era of our history as a country that was like, for me, if I'm optimistic about what America canon should be, what U.S. canon should be, that was the least American time, well, not the least, but a pretty bad time to be an American when like there's giant lists of People going to jail because of maybe being communists. Um, so I think the the under God part is is creepy. And then, like we said earlier, the the whole pledge is an odd concept because it's kind of like Catholics do this too, where you have to like keep recommitting, like you just have to keep hmm. resubscribing and saying like, yes, I am still, I'm still doing <laughs> this. Like, yeah. You have to first say okay, and then yes, and then you hit another age, and you say okay. And then when you're an adult, yeah. you reconfirm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. and, like you're like in a really insecure relationship with Catholicism, and it's like, babe, do you still like me? And you're like, no, I promise, I still, I'm into you. I'm still <laughs> it. it's, like you. And is the U.S. a needy boyfriend who's like, babe, babe, like still? And you're like, still today, babe, I'm still committed. <laughs> that is the most interesting analogy. <laughs> is America a needy boyfriend or a confident partner? <laughs> <laughs> what was that?
2: Call or text and tell us oh, if yeah. America's yeah, a needy boyfriend. We want to know. These are the answers that Rocky
1: Mountain
2: uh, Review gets to the bottom of.
1: 970-491-5278. <laughs>
2: no, I, I, I just, I do think the Pledge of Allegiance is weird. It's very, it seems like an almost, for lack of a better term, like an un-American thing. You like pledge yourself to this nation that is very much into freedom. Mm-hmm. In a way that doesn't seem very free. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I will do anything for you, state. I love you. Like I said, needy boyfriend. <laughs> like, just, I I really like you know, that. That like yeah. the U.S. as a needy boyfriend. That's it's yeah. gonna
5: 99.
2: simmer in the back of my mind for many moons.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Separation of state and church too. Is well, yeah, this...
2: it's definitely like a cross there because it's like, oh, hey, we're under God. But yeah, you also know? you can't have the church in politics. Yeah. All right,
1: cool. you said it was Lisa? Well, this
3: really interesting thing happened at my high school, um, which is actually a local high school in town. Um, but I think it was five or six years ago, they decided to do the Pledge of Allegiance in a couple of different languages and then did it in Arabic and People who saw it, I guess it was on Fox News or something like that, so people from across the country saw that this happened and went on to our, like, Google review and gave us terrible reviews and were like, that's so un-American and, like, they're, you know, spitting on the First Amendment. And you're like, kind of not, though, (laughs) because that's what it's all about.
1: I also wanted to mention we just got a uh, call in. Yes. Uh, Her name was Lisa. She said that uh, America is definitely a needy boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just giggling. And now we have an answer. There we go. Thank you. Lisa Lisa knows. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's, yeah, it cracked me up. (laughs) Final statements?
5: Have an official language.
2: I'm sorry? The US? It's English. Is
5: it officially I've,
2: English? I'm like about 98% said English is the official language. I, of. think the official language of. I
5: think
3: it's the official language of documents, but there isn't a legal official language of the United States. Yeah, if I, I remember correctly from my US history. No,
0: I be, I think that's exactly right. Really? Yeah. Wow. The way you do business really? is in English and on. then the way you <laughs> just interact so can be whatever Cetophobia you
5: want. Xenophobia is not legitimized. <laughs> <laughs> your xenophobia. You is, she said your your
0: xenophobia is not oh. legitimized. And we have a text. It says other countries are nationalistic when it comes to sports, where we seem yeah. to be nationalistic about war and militaristic pride. Mm. Ooh, mm.
5: That spicy! Spicy.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got some people texting in today. That's yeah. it's fun. I might give you a call. <laughs> oh,
5: sorry. About oh, to talk about politics. we have a, yeah.
0: we have another text saying no. We
1: do not have an official language. Wow we got some got some
5: interactions
1: today yeah. thanks yeah. thanks yeah. uh thanks to our listeners for actually talking to us and not just us talking to you yeah. <laughs> um it's always fun to have an actual conversation no
2: no it's lovely we love the the back love and feedback.
1: forth mm-hmm. yeah this is a conversation man just it get involved let me know when you get when you get involved <laughs> um i think that is gonna ra- uh, wrap up roundtable um Yeah, we'll be back here in just a second. I think we're going to go into actually our science news by um, the School of Global Environmental Sustainability. Um, But I think that's going to be right after a real quick break. Um, So stay tuned. We'll be coming up with that in just a second. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
6: Moxie Yoga Works is a proud underwriting sponsor of KCSU Fort Collins. Specializing in Bikram Method hot yoga, Moxie Yoga Works is located at 5112 South College Avenue, Suite C. The goal of Moxie Yoga Works is to communicate the technique and the benefits of doing yoga. For more information, feel free to email info at moxieyogaworks.com or call 970-232-9896. KCSU thanks Moxie Yoga Works for their underwriting support.
7: Welcome to the Weekly Sustainable Digest, a short news segment where we cover local sustainability news and events, as well as current issues from around the globe. I am Carolina Gutierrez, and this segment is brought to you by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability and 90.5 KCSU for Collins. This week on the Sustainable Digest, Why are pre treaties and post-conflict policies so important for environmental sustainability around the globe? Because it brings opportunities to repair the environmental damage and rethink a country's development. Could you imagine living in a country with a war that lasted for over 60 years? I can. I come from one, Colombia. On September 2016, the final peace agreement between Colombia and the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia was signed. With it, the longest-running war in the Western Hemisphere came to an end. As a Colombian citizen, this was, and still is, a historic moment. But achieving a just and lasting peace continues to be a process, and this is the reality for any country dealing with internal conflicts. One of the main areas that needs to be addressed in this context is the way natural resources were, and still are, affected by the lasting years of battle. In general, armed conflict leaves a footprint on landscapes and ecosystems, including deforestation, oil pipelines destruction, illegal crops fumigation, pollution, and presence of large groups of combatants on areas with high levels of biodiversity. For environmental researchers in Colombia, this is an unprecedented opportunity. It opens the possibility of accessing hotspots of diversity that were inaccessible or unsafe to enter in the past decades. It also has the potential to decrease deforestation, star restoration efforts in highly impacted areas, and design policies aimed to protect and conserve natural areas and parks. At the same time, the end of an armed conflict opens the opportunity for the areas high in biodiversity that sustain the highest impact to start exploiting their natural resources in a sustainable way, which fosters the economic development of the region and the country. This represents a challenge for management and policymakers who are responsible for consulting and the use of the knowledge generated by local scientists, universities and environmental institutions in terms of conservation priorities. The global impact of environmental conservation in post-conflict regions is considerable, given that a significant number of developing countries harbor the highest level of water resources and biodiversity on the entire planet. That is why the protection of natural resources in this area calls for the combined action of the human, political, biological, and ecological science researchers. An interdisciplinary effort is the best approach to attain sustainability for peace and for the environment. This is a topic of interest at our local level too, and you can evidence this in the coming days at Colorado State University. Starting February 27th through March 2nd, the CSU campus will be hosting the Environment and Conflict in Latin America Bilingual Film Series and Symposium. Combining Latin American Studies and Environmental Humanities, this event series invites the CSU and wider Colorado community to a conversation on environmental issues in Latin America through a variety of films and talks by activists, students, and faculty members. This event will be held in Spanish and English with translation. This event is free and open to the public, and it's sponsored by the School of Global Environmental Sustainability, the College of Liberal Arts, eight departments, including the Humanities and Political Sciences, the Rocky Mountain Collegiate, the Office of International Programs, and the Public Lands History Center. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Sustainable Digest. Join us every Thursday and Friday afternoon on the Rocky Mountain Review or online at kcsufm.com or you can like our Sustainable Digest Facebook page. I am Carolina Gutierrez, and this Digest is brought to you by 90.5 KCSU and the School of Global Environmental Sustainability at Colorado State University, Fort Collins.
0: And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts here. I am joined with Julia Badalice.
1: That's me. I I love Carolina's uh, voice.
0: Yes, that was very well done. Uh, thank you, Car. Carolina. Carolina. I almost said Carolina, but I was like, no, that's not right. Carolina, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here at the Rocky Mountain Review. But when we come back, we will be joined in studio with Dylan Simonson, and we will start discussing our hot talk segment yeah favorite segment of the week (laughs) besides weather besides weather (laughs) but anyways yeah we're gonna take a quick break here at the rocky mountain review only here on 90.5 kcsu fort collins
6: has a rhythm all its own don't wreck
2: it with the text before you get behind the wheel silence your phone or better yet designate a texter for more text-free driving tips visit StopTextStopRex.org brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration
0: And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU. I am Gabe Peterson, one of two hosts. That makes Julia Badalise the other one. Yep. Gotta and be. We are in studio with
2: J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent. I just got whacked in the face with this mic. <laughs> I was not ready for it to turn as violently as it did. Oh, wow. And Raven Color is still with us. How are you doing, Raven?
3: Great.
0: Great. And we are joined with Dylan Simonson now.
8: How's it going? I'm doing good. Dylan, are you ready to hop
0: into the pot talk segment?
8: You know, I always am. There we go. All right. So since early 2015, the Ipe Nation of Santa Ysabel has been in the business of marijuana cultivation after a failing casino that got the tribe $50 million in debt, according to the San Diego Union-Tribune. However, since the legalization of marijuana in California, things became a lot harder for the Ipe Nation and other tribes growing cannabis to stay in the business due to new regulations. Um, According to the Rolling Stone, the only way that tribes growing cannabis can acquire licenses needed to work with state operators is if they cede all licensing power to the state. So normally, you know, cities and counties, they get to determine their own like marijuana laws and stuff like that, and it originally applied to tribes, but now they've kind of changed that. So prior to these new licensing rules, they could regulate their own marijuana grows and sales as long as the marijuana was kept out of the hands of criminals and children. Uh, Since these tribes don't often pay income tax, marijuana businesses were knocking down the front door of the Ipe Nation, and over 300 businesses approached them. Uh, The tribe partnered with seven companies and began shipping their marijuana all across the state to legal dispensaries. Um, In an attempt to get the same rights for determining license for pot operators, the California Native American Cannabis Association, or the C-NACA, was formed, with uh, 19 tribes backing it. And uh, according according to the Rolling Stone, uh, the CNACA is being hindered by big business and marijuana trying to corner the market. Um, According to the executive director of the California Growers Association, Hezeka Allen, um, some of the cannabis uh, community whispered that that there would be less competition if tribes can't get licenses to produce and ship the marijuana. the fact that tribes can't determine their own marijuana licensing like other cities and counties is seen as offensive to the tribes and rightfully so since cities like Adelanto have a mayor who is facing federal charges for accepting a $10,000 bribe to change zoning laws to help uh, marijuana business get licenses. Um, so for now, the tribe is continuing to operate in their legal gray area until the CNCA's uh, l- legislation is either passed or not. And yeah.
0: So uh, so they have to get licensing to mm. sell marijuana. Mm. So they have to be pretty much become like an accredited city almost to be able to have their own dispensaries and to distribute or...
8: Um, yeah, basically. So they aren't really distributing their... They're distributing marijuana to dispensaries. Okay. Um, that they have grown and cultivated. And... Uh, as a native american tribe they obviously have a different set of laws than we normally do here in the rest of the united states cuz i saw that
0: i think the whole controversy comes because they don't collect income tax so they're not really paying taxes on the marijuana. yeah that's
8: selling. a lot of it and that's like why some all of these businesses wanted to go to them so there's about seven businesses that like have paired with them that so, so they, were they like get those benefits money, kind yeah kind of okay and um, um that makes for competition for other places and stuff like that and you know it can be seen as unfair but at the same time these tribes are you know oppressed as it is um they have a hard time making money for their community and stuff like that so you know it's like just let them do it yeah but
0: so they're trying to get their license now or
8: um they're trying to fight the new legislation actually okay because to get their licensing they would have to like give the state all power to determine like where they can grow how much they can grow all that type of thing where as before that was up to them and
0: shouldn't Native American tribes like have their own ability to kind of make up their own like governorship like governorship of like how hmm. they do things I mean isn't that kind of like how like the law is constructed for yeah and that's
8: what this uh, new legislation is kind of like going against it's okay. like denying them that right basically that they did originally have at least for this section of uh business
0: i mean a lot of a lot of native american tribes have they're like casinos i mean why doesn't like Mm. vegas try and like sue them for casinos and stuff like that i I just don't think this is necessarily such a big deal
8: exactly it doesn't it doesn't make sense um there's plenty of other tribes in the united states that are doing similar things in like vegas and south dakota too um and they're seeing you know repercussions repercussions as well okay so so
2: with marijuana on the the reservation so it seems mm. like that's that's a little outside of the jurisdiction of the the u.s we can't or we can kind of influence it because it's a weird sort of yeah. zone but i think i think the it sounds like the problem is the fact that there's like they're not getting taxed and mm. they're taking the marijuana off the reservation into other parts of the state yeah it's which it the, seems
8: yeah it's the partnership with the other dispensaries across the state yeah. that's where they're you know the state's having a problem with it it
2: almost seems like they want like customs on it which yeah seems basically weird because it's like they're still americans but they also have different type of laws that apply to them
8: exactly it's just you know a bunch of different laws coming into conflict with each other and you know creating this controversy hmm.
0: Hmm. yeah i mean i guess i don't know marijuana is so profitable that everybody wants to do it and the government kind of wants their cut exactly a little bit All right. Well, Dylan, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to end our Paw Talk segment.
1: Yeah, we will be coming back here in just a second with uh, everyone's favorite segment, weather. Um, (laughs) You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Stay tuned. Um, You're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.
6: from the voodoo all schools and you're listening to 90.5 FM KCSU check it
0: out and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU my name is Gabe Peterson I'm one of two co-hosts which makes Julie Badalise the other co-host yep that's me and JD Layton, our national news correspondent yes yes and Raven Color.
1: yep
4: and Dylan oh, Simonson is still studio no. with us hello 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 <laughs>
1: um we got the weather coming up
4: yeah
1: um once he types it into
2: google oh God.
1: and he figures out what it is Don't tell unless people how to do no it. maybe no, no. i will get there first no stop Brave gabe does an extensive care. should i do it first process it seems like where he gathers having...
2: meteorological data Thank and then he compresses it into a readable format for us i
0: actually have a hot air balloon that i send up every morning at 6 a.m <laughs> and if you guys ever see
2: gabe stuck up in the sky <laughs> There is a reason for it. He lost uh, control of his balloon. I was balloon trying boy. to get us the weather.
0: I was balloon boy, just trying to get the weather. That was a terrible joke. Anyways, we're gonna go straight into weather. <laughs> Uh, today, it was pretty windy. Um, everybody's hair got messed up, including mine, which was very, very hard for me. But it was 42 <laughs> degrees, so it felt a lot colder than it actually was. Kind of felt like it was the mid-30s, but it was in the 40s, um, if people did not know that. It was
1: very funny. Actually, this morning, I had a discussion with my roommates because we were asking uh, our Alexa what the weather was. And she said there was a chance for snow flurries. Yeah, that's what mine said, too. Hmm. Okay. And I didn't it, understand that. Yeah, we just looked at each other and we're like, if it's if there are flurries today, I'm mad.
0: <laughs> so Flurries. Anyways, moving on to tomorrow It looks like it's going to be a high of 40 Low of 27 It's going to be mid-30s throughout the day um, So if you have any plans to go out this weekend Make sure you bundle up Because Saturday is still going to be chilly It has a high of 50 But it's not looking like it's going to crack 45 On what? Google That's oh. what it says it's not going to do <laughs> No on your meteorological data. Yes. That that's right. collected <laughs> you. I From I the balloon. I forgot. And then Sunday, it's looking partly cloudy, high of 54, but with 20 mile an hour winds. So it's going to be oh, one of those God. windy, what cold weekends. What day is this? Weekends. Is this
1: Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. And Why? it's looking like
0: Monday before our show, our first show of next week, it's going to uh, snow for sure.
1: I really hope it doesn't.
0: Nice. With 15 mile an hour winds. <laughs> so those are the snow flurries it's talking about. Don't lose your balloon. Don't. I won't. It's <laughs> just going to sail over into, over into Greeley. I'm All right. About this to go is confusing
1: everyone that's just <laughs> shooting it. Um, oh, they know. They, they know. All <laughs> right. They've seen them around in it. Yeah, they've seen them. I wish I was on the board so I could turn off mics. Uh, <laughs> You do not <laughs> just turn off You're the worst person I'm ever. Sorry. I will turn off your mic. I have the ability. <laughs> um anyway, let's thank our reporters really quick. We had uh the ones who didn't come on today, or I guess Bjorn came on as well, but we had um <laughs> doesn't matter, all these trains of thoughts are happening at once. Uh <laughs> Thanks so much to Joe Green, um, one of our awesome reporters. We also had um uh Bjorn Larson on earlier for sports. Uh thank you, Raven Color, for coming on. Yep there's a title there somewhere we'll find it <laughs> um and dylan simonson who's still here so we can we can actually physically thank you
8: well thank you uh, yeah no problem
1: <laughs> thanks jd Layton, our national news correspondent it's
2: Everything always a pleasure to oh, write news and speak the news <laughs> on the news show is at the time of the news Okay, well, Why? and Julia Battleese, thank
0: you very much. Yep, Thanks, and thank you Gabe Peterson. Oh my God, me, thank you. Okay, <laughs> anyways, thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5. We will be back on Tuesday and Thursday every 4 to 5 p.m.
1: Yeah, uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.